His name is Donald John Trump, and he is going to suing. Facebook, Twitter, Google, all getting sued by the former president, and he did the press conference to boot. And he was, he was Trump. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he was full on. Trump did the Q&A, answering questions. The whole legal team was there. Offered people up refreshments because it was hot out in New Jersey. He's at the club there in Bedminster. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-468-8669. I'm going to share it with you. You know, I've got a rule about these things. you got to hear it. You got to hear it. What in the world is the president suing for? He's being aided and supported by the America First Policy Institute. This was a nonprofit created by alumni of the Trump administration. He's taking a look at being kicked off Twitter, being kicked off Facebook, a ban that's supposed to last till January of 2023, right after the midterms, of course. Right, they thought about it. They said, no, nope, 2023. Jack Dorsey, he's, you know. He's the good guy or or something like that. But what is he suing for? What is it that he thinks he can get? What can he make them do? Certainly uh, the conversation of isn't this a, uh, a private company and they can do what they will. His argument is they are a private company who could do what they will, but they can't do it while getting these 230 protections. It's simply unfair. So I I, want to bring it to you. This is Donald Trump just an hour ago unleashing, well, I'm not going to say, I was going to say the Kraken, but that would have just been just bad. Just Just a bad choice of words. Here's President Trump. We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to social media companies, illegal, shameful censorship of the American people, and that's exactly what they are doing. We're demanding an end to the shadow banning, a stop to the silencing, and a stop to the blacklisting, banishing, and canceling that you know so well. Our case will prove this censorship is unlawful, it's unconstitutional, and it's completely un-American. We all know that. We all know that very, very well. Our filing also seeks injunctive relief to allow prompt restitution and really restoration, and you can name about 20 other things, and it has to be prompt because it's destroying our country. Of my accounts, in addition, we are asking the court to impose punitive damages on these social media giants. We're going to hold big tech very accountable. This is the first of numerous other lawsuits, I assume, that would follow. But this is the lead, and I think it's going to be a very, very important game changer for our country. It will be a pivotal battle in the defense of the First Amendment, and in the end, I am confident that we will achieve a historic victory for American freedom, and at the same time, freedom of speech. So I want to thank all of the exceptional legal team behind this effort. 
in particular, John Cole. We have a lot of the tobacco lawyers, you know. I said, who are the best lawyers? Well, the tobacco lawyers seem to do a very good job, so I figured let's see if they want to do it, and they really wanted to do it. We have great, great talent. I also want to thank Brooke Rollins, just an outstanding person and friend. She's uh, carrying it out to a level that nobody saw, and she's done it very quickly together with Linda McMahon, a tremendously successful woman who did an incredible job in the administration, one of the best. And everyone at the America First Policy Institute for their support of this vital initiative. From the very beginning of our nation, freedom of speech has always been understood as a bedrock of our liberty liberty and our strength. In America, we recognize that the freedom to speak our minds and express the truth, that is our heart, really, that's really a big chunk of our heart. It is our heart. It is not granted to us by government. It's given to us by God, and no one should have the power to take that right away. The Founding Fathers inscribed this right in the very first amendment to our Constitution because they knew that free speech is essential to the prevention and look to the prevention of horror and to the preservation of our Republic. But remember the words, the prevention of horror, because we're very close to seeing that now in our country. We've never been in a position like this, and it's all happened very quickly. In the words of the father of our country, although some would like to take that title away from him, George Washington, he will not be canceled. If freedom of speech... If freedom of speech may be taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Pretty well-known phrase, and so true. Unfortunately, today, this fundamental American right on liberty is under incredible threat and attack by a lot of different sides. But we are the majority side by a lot. I believe we are the majority side by far more than anybody would understand. You just have to take a look at what happened in recent elections and add up the right numbers. You will see a majority like you wouldn't believe because nobody can believe what some of the things that are being said are. Nobody believes that. Social media has given extraordinary power to a group of big tech giants that are working with government the mainstream media, and a large segment of a political party to silence and suppress the views of the American people. And they've been very, very successful at that. Not in all cases, but in many cases, totally successful. While the social media companies are officially private entities, in recent years they have ceased to be private with the enactment and their historical use of Section 230, which profoundly protects them from liability. Once they got Section 230, they're not private companies anymore in a lot of views. No other companies in our country, and even in our country's history, have had protection like this.
It's, in effect, a massive government subsidy. These companies have been co-opted, coerced, and weaponized by government and by government actors to become the enforcers of illegal, unconstitutional censorship. And that's what it is at the highest level, censorship, and so many other things that perhaps are even worse. And you'll be seeing that in this lawsuit as it wells its way through the courts. We have all seen Democrats in Congress haul the CEOs of these companies before their committees and attempt to threaten them, bully them, and intimidate them like nobody has been intimidated. But they made a deal. They all get along very nicely now. Thank you very much. Congress has repeatedly told Big Tech that if they do not silence Democrats' political opponents, ban prominent conservative voices, I wonder who that would be, and restrict what the left ominously labels as disinformation. And they are the greatest disinformation group of people ever, ever in the world. As an example, just recently, now they're saying, we never said defund the police, we want to fund the police. They looked at poll numbers at 85% against them. No, 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 we want to, we want to take care of the police. They, no, they don't. They wanted to fund the police. And they'll say it thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And by the end of 12 months, you'll all be saying, oh, they love the police. They don't love the police. They actually hate the police for whatever reason, and it's just a terrible thing. And so many other things, they're changing their views on so many other things, and they just say the opposite. They don't even go to anything. They just all in unison. A lot of the people sitting right before me understand exactly what I'm saying. They say it right before you, that we want to do this, we want to do that. It's the exact opposite of what they've been saying. Or, the very probably the most famous of all, Russia, Russia, Russia. Trump loves Russia. He loves Russia. He loves Putin. He loves Russia. And that went on for two years. And some people believed it. But we are going to look so closely and we're going to make sure that the liability protections that they have under Section 230 is at a very minimum changed and maybe at a maximum taken away. Now that's part of President Trump. And his press conference just an, an hour ago. Part of his press conference on Wednesday, I, I, I should say, I don't know when people are hearing this. Saying that there, you, you can't just silence people because you don't like their politics. We're, 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 we're coming at you, bro. And that's exactly what it is that, that, that he's doing. The question is, does he have an argument? Now, there's more to his presser that I'm going to get to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you. But the first part. Does he have an argument? Never mind that it's Trump being Trump and he goes into other places. The 230 argument is about whether or not the social media platforms are platforms or publishers. 230 gave them protection based on what people could put on the platform that they cannot be held responsible for these things. But when they act as a publisher, editing up other people's content, preventing other people's content. Well then, what protections should they get from government? 
That's 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 the question. That's the key question. I would argue they shouldn't get any. I would also argue they shouldn't be publishers. They should be platforms. That's the problem. That's that's the issue. That they're acting in a way that should not should not be the way they're acting. They should say to themselves, we're better off being a platform. But what they want to do is control conversation. If that's not what they want to do, then why do they do it? I think that's a legitimate, valuable question. To one to which they don't even answer. They just move uh, uh, around. So that's part of what this lawsuit is about. Part of it, you can argue Trump is getting his revenge. You can make that argument. The, the, the Ayatollah gets to stay on Twitter, but Trump doesn't. Uh, he, he, has, he has an argument to make. We'll see where this lawsuit goes. Joe Biden's knocking on your door. Uh, he, he might have ice cream, so maybe you'll let him in, or maybe, maybe not. This is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I thought it was a very interesting piece from Noah Rothman. And again, it makes me wonder whether or not this is real. I shared with you my thoughts on something Noah had put out a couple of weeks ago. Discussing January 6th. Tony Katz, great to be with you, Tony Katz, today. Allow me to be clear. January 6th is not a big subject for Americans. Not because I say so, but because they're not thinking about it. They're not thinking about January 6th. What's January 6th? That was the riots at the Capitol. That isn't what people are thinking about. It's not where their focus is. And there was absolutely no need for Republicans to take part in this commission because there's no need for a commission. None. Commissions are created and built to attack. That's what they are. They are attack vehicles. Nothing more and nothing less. And when you say to me, as Noah Rothman did over a commentary magazine, that by not participating in the commission, you got Democrats to do their own, and you guaranteed that you have no moral high ground. Well, that's not true at all. Because if you had participated in the commission, and you said, no, I disagree with that, we shouldn't do that, we should do this. Well, then you're obstructing justice. Look at these Republicans obstructing, obstructing. You don't know how Democrats work already? You don't know that this is only a political tool? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. Then came his latest, and I said, this is interesting. Because he's making an argument. And a very interesting argument, and I'm here to tell you that I don't know if it's real. The argument that he is making is, take a look at how the progressive left is pushing themselves away from the founding documents and the founding fathers and the story of America, which is incredibly, incredibly valuable. 
how NPR, we discussed this yesterday, declared uh, the, that the Declaration of Independence is this improper uh, document and it's racist and it's bigoted and look at the, 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 the terminology it uses. And his argument is, please, progressives, go ahead and seed what makes America great to the right. Now, I wrote about this. You can go to TonyCats.com, and you can see my piece about Representative Cory Bush, who said that black people aren't free and that this land is stolen. And I asked the question, is she in violation of her oath of office? Because it seems to me she's in violation of her oath of office. That's how it looks. When you, when you make those kinds of claims, and by the way, saying black people aren't free is a lie. Uh, Representative Cory Bush is a liar. But how interesting that you would say if they're, if they're pushing away from these things, that it creates a value to the, for the political right. I would love to think that he is correct about this. Because he's, he's making a... a Uh, a a leap that there are Americans who are in the middle, let's call it untouched by the, the, the ideology of the, the political left in schools and, 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 and what have you untouched by that pedagogy who still see the founding of the nation as a moment of amazing transformation and of value. And who have read Frederick Douglass for what Frederick Douglass is actually saying about the Declaration and conversations of then to now. He's taking a leap that people still look to these founding documents as valuable and important and inspiring. I love that idea. With the approach of today's culture, I don't know if it's true. But maybe he's right in the overall. If you want to cede that to the political right, this incredibleness of the creation of the nation, go right ahead. We will be the people who stand for something, and you'll be the people who don't. This is Tony Katz today. The New York Post with the headline, Representative Kevin McCarthy slams Joe Biden on rising gas prices. Is that right? You're you're slamming Joe Biden on on the rising gas prices? Where where the hell have you been? Where have you been? This has been a problem. Going on now since January twenty first. It's good to know you're 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 a part of it. Good 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 to know you're 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 on you're on top of things. <laughs> Go fault Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, eight three three got Tony, eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. I've got more of President Trump's uh, presser. His lawsuit against Google and Facebook. And, and the rest. I, I will share that with you. But first, let's listen to this woman right here. There's a lot of crime happening in the Bronx. There's shootings every day. There are over maybe two or three shootings a week in the Bronx. And we can't police ourselves. We need authority to come into our communities. Bronx. Hold on a second. Who is this? Who is this woman? 
with that perfect New York accident saying that we need the authorities coming in here and policing these communities. Ray's Melody Jimenez is a straight shooter when it comes to talking about preventing crime in the borough. Why would we defund officers that come out here every day and risk their lives? Because there's a lot of money in these streets for these pure violence organizations and nothing is really changing. Huh. Turns out uh, that the woman speaking being interviewed by a local TV outlet, is in Representative Ocasio-Cortez's district. And she wants to know why in the world would we be discussing defunding the police? Yeah, we know how it goes. That's right in her district. Because we all know that the idea of defunding the police is a radically inept idea. We also know that it's not Republicans doing this. Man, the left really tried for a good week to make that story stick. And they, of course they couldn't do it. They got laughed out of the room. Oh, Republicans didn't vote for this, that, or the other. Create separate bills where you're talking about uh, providing funding for police and not tying it in to outrageous spending in other places. Watch what happens. That's the dishonesty, and it's just pure dishonesty. Whether that be from the Indiana Democratic Party, whether that be from uh, a Texas Democratic Party, whether that be from Democrats in general, pure, dis- uh, pure raw, unadulterated dishonesty. This idea that somehow you have uh, the, the political right wanting to defund police. It's a lie. We know it's a lie. And we don't have to think about it anymore. What we have to think about is whether or not Jen Psaki was speaking in her right mind when she made this statement about the vaccine. He will also stress how the administration will continue its effort to work with governors, local leaders, and across the public and private sector to get more Americans vaccinated by making vaccines available in more healthcare settings and respond to hotspots. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community by community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is is to door to door outreach you saw this yesterday and if you're anything like me you said what that no 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 that that's that is that was just poorly worded and they're not going door to door they're not going door to door. That's insane and ridiculous. Of course she didn't say that properly. She's speaking in, in a more uh, grandiose kind of way. There's no way the Biden administration would seriously consider going door to door. Today's briefing, we discussed how our administration is going to devote the remainder of the summer to a special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated, vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot for that matter if they needed a second. 
Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Look, equity. So they're serious. Oh, okay. They're going to knock on the doors. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. How the hell does this work? How does this possibly work? What kind of insane is this? I saw something on Twitter that is, it was a good question that was asked. Uh, the Trump administration wasn't allowed to ask who a U.S. citizen is on the census. But the Biden administration can knock on doors and ask who has the vaccine? Because they can spin it all they dang well wish. This is an argument for asking who's been vaccinated in the home. It's, it is, that's what they are talking about here. This is what they're pushing here. This is it. It's impossible to believe that they think there's a value. Oh, no, 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 no. They totally see the value. The value is power. They think that this is acceptable to go to people's homes. Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! You don't see that as as just the creepiest thing you ever heard in your life? They're going to... Hi, uh, have you been vaccinated? We want to make sure you have all the information. Oh, no, we don't want to get vaccinated. Oh, oh so, so, you, so you're not vaccinated? Well, we, we don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, so we'll just mark that down as not vaccinated. Thank you. Wait, wait, what are you marking down? No, no, it's fine. It's okay. All right. Bye, 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 bye. If you are not creeped out by that, you have way too much faith in government. Way too much faith in this administration not to take a look at you exercising your rights and saying, hmm. You can't have that. No, can we? Look, I am not anti-vax. I'm totally fine with the vaccine. It is It is not uh, the enemy of mankind. It isn't tracking you. It isn't hurting you. Well, Tony, it hasn't been approved by the FDA. Oh, stop it. Like you give a good holy damn about the FDA. If it was approved by the FDA, the emergency use authorization, would that really change your mind? Or is that the thing you're going to say now and then you'll have something else to say next? Just say it to me. You don't want to get vaccinated. You know what I'll say? Cool. It's fine. Yeah. I, 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 doesn't bother me at all. You're in charge of your life. When parents say to me, I don't want to get my kid vaccinated, you know what I say? Cool. Because I don't want to get my kid vaccinated. Because there's just no need. There is no need for the vaccination of children. They survive this. I'm not about to set them out there and say, no, 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 just just put this in your arm. I'll give it a year or two. If 
COVID went after children a la polio. Everybody and their mother would get their kids vaccinated. People would fight each other in the streets like it was a $12 toaster on Black Friday. But that's not happening. So parents are saying, well, wait a second. Let's take a look at what this is. Let's take a look at what it is we're dealing with here. And they don't want to rush into it. You, you, you think they're bad people? Oh, yes, we're here to see if you got the vaccine. Uh, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're here. Oh, no, I just want to make sure everyone's got the vaccine. You have all the information so you get the vaccine. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're still uh, taking a look. Uh, and, and, and how are the children? Oh, the kids are fine. Thank you. And, and vaccinated? Well, you know, the CDC and the World Health Organization say you should be slow on vaccines. So, so we haven't done it yet. Oh, haven't vaccinated your children? We'll just write that down right here. Are you writing that down? Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just taking notes, you know. Uh, uh, we have to protect the children, you know. Tony, how come every time you talk about government and kids, it sounds like an Orwell novel? Well, what else is it going to sound like? Of course it's an Orwell novel. Only the political left thinks that George Orwell was writing how-to manuals. Madness. I can't. Every now and then, it is something to be legitimately stunned. I cannot believe that they actually said it. I can't believe it. But they did. And if you think the parents didn't notice, I don't. You, you and me, we hang out with different parents. That is sure. Now, something else is going on as big media is ignoring President Trump's big speeches. It's Newsmax. They're the only major cable network carrying Trump rallies live. And this coming Sunday, President Trump is speaking at CPAC. It's happening in Texas, and Newsmax will air it live. They also have the great weekend shows, uh, Dick Morris, Sebastian Gorka, Greg Kelly, Mike Huckabee, and more. You can find Newsmax on all the major cable systems, Xfinity, Spectrum, Uverse, that's 1220, Mediacom, DirecTV, 349, Dish, 216, AT&T, uh, Fubo. You can also, if your cable company doesn't carry Newsmax, you can call them and demand you get Newsmax or you'll switch. And download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anytime. I watch Newsmax. I'm on Newsmax. So you can make sure you sign up for Newsmax's Trump list and you can get the time for Trump's Sunday CPAC speech and any breaking Trump news. Just text the word REMIND, R-E-M-I-N-D, REMIND, to 39747. That's 39747. Text REMIND to 39747 and join now. Trump's big announcement is coming soon, so text REMIND to 39747 and watch Newsmax today. I've been over this 12 ways from Sunday. I can't tell you what Rachel Nichols did wrong. Producer Ari, I'm not off base. She didn't do anything wrong, right? I mean, some people would say you shouldn't talk about your coworkers behind their backs, but people don't follow uh, you that You see, rule. but I don't think she's talking about her coworker. That, let, let me, let, let's go back to the beginning. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Rachel Nichols, ESPN, longtime fixture at ESPN. She was taken off being a sideline reporter for the NBA Finals because of comments she made about a colleague, Maria Taylor, who is black. 
but she didn't actually make comments about Maria Taylor being black. Her comments were um, recorded. I don't know. Who, who were they recorded by, by the way? This was right when COVID started and everything was remote and she did not turn off her camera properly. Ah, and she said, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. I think that's maybe the most honest thing I've ever heard. That is clear and concise discussing an issue. Go give her hers, but don't tell me who's been fighting this battle as a woman in sports that somehow I'm the problem. That's not disparaging a Maria Taylor at all. So Nichols is going to continue doing the the daily uh, basketball show on site during the finals. Now, Taylor, her contract ends this month, and she rejected an extension. Well, who knows what they're going to give her now? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I guess the argument is that she didn't, she didn't say she can't do it or she's only getting promoted for this, that, or the other. Your, she's, this, was, this was a hit on ESPN. Now, okay, wait, maybe I've just answered my own question. That's why it's happening. Because she hit ESPN, exposed ESPN for what they are. They talk a big game, but they don't act a big game. How often do we see this? Time and time again, where the people who want to lecture to us are the people who desperately need the lecture. It's it's uh, Hollywood that wants to tell us all about the proper way uh, to treat women, yet they all turn their back as Harvey Weinstein was raping everyone he could find when he wasn't pleasuring himself into a fern. These are the people who still want to work with Roman Polanski, but they're lecturing to us. Man, elitism is a thing. I don't think this should hurt Rachel Nichols at all. And and by the way, the people she works with on the show during during the uh, I forget the, what's the name of the show. The Jump, I love it. Great show. Yeah, I've I've never seen it. Um, they're supporting her, and they're both black, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're like, well, she's fine. You're all crazy because everyone's crazy. Even the things that aren't a thing, people have to make a thing. Now, in this case, it's ESPN being embarrassed. And she did. She was talking smack about her, uh, about her employer. So there may be some things there that you got to deal with. But the idea that she said something bigoted, not at all or in any way. She didn't say anything wrong at all. And, and I, 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 gotta, I, would, I would look at people who say otherwise, I would look at them askew. Absolutely positively askew. How could you even think that she said something 
that was out of line. Now, President Trump is suing Facebook and Google and Twitter. He had the press conference today. Part two of that is coming up. This is Tony Katz today.